Hello ladies and gents, Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you the next chapter of Radiance, my Fallout fan fiction. First off, just a little apology, if you can hear a sort of whirring noise constantly over the audio, it's because I've got a fan running in the background. Because for the first time in a long time, it is absolutely hot as hell in here. You know, Welsh people and sunlight generally don't mix, and before anybody starts getting any twilight fantasies about you know, sparkly blokes walking around looking all sullen and like moody, now nah, we just tend to catch fucking fire and burst into flames and turn into ash. So yeah, I'd rather have the fan cooling me down, thanks. So, without further ado, this is Ghost Nobody welcoming you to Radiance. Oh, and the usual disclaimer... I don't own Fallout. The that's all Bethesda. Me, I just own sexy death claws, crazy tails, and humans dressed in gimp suits. You'll find out later on. On with the show. Chapter eighteen. Upgrades, people. Upgrades. Seven had to say he was impressed by what Riss had pulled off, all on her lonesome. Though he couldn't help but wonder why she'd done it. Though the way she kept smiling at him, he got the feeling she was trying to prove herself somehow. Ven threw down a dead ghoul at a series of large holes in the centre of its chest. I think that's the last of them. Miss, you did a good job clearing these rotten fuckers out of here. There's only six left for us to deal with, he said, cleaning off his claws on the ghoul's raggy clothes. Seven was dragging another and threw it down onto the pile by the door. Yeah, I think we got them all. Certainly an upgrade from a shipping container, ain't it? He said, looking around at the group. Suddenly a huge pair of clawed hands appeared around his metal armoured chest and pulled him backwards against a large scaly body. Oh, I don't know. I have a rather fond memory of that shipping container. Visa's voice purred from behind him, and Seven gently patted her hands. Oh, me too, my sexy alpha. I intend to make a whole lot more of them any chance we get. He said, making Visa growl softly as she squeezed him tightly. I'll hold you to that, my sweet-talking human, she growled. And if by that you mean sexy-scaled bum of yours, I'll say any time, he said, making Visa growl a little bit louder. At the same time, he heard Wisp making gagging noises in his head. Hmm, the underside of her tail's looking mighty tasty right about now, he said in a voice so quiet only Wisp heard it. Shutting up now. Wisp said very, very quickly. I think we should search this place from top to bottom. they got a lot of old stuff stored here. It's pretty much in mint condition. Chances are we ain't going to see another place like this for a hell of a long time, if ever. We should see what we can find and maybe use, Gregory said, taking part of something over in his skilled hands. My beautiful human is right. We should see what treasures this place contains. Ven said, running his large hand over Gregory's slender back. So the group spread out and began to search the place inch by inch. It was time-consuming, but surprisingly worth it. They found a surprising amount of old pre-war military food packed into boxes. This stuff, thanks to the preservatives and radiation that it was blasted with before being either canned or vacuum-sealed, would never rot or expire. So each of them loaded up a pack with what they could carry. This would keep them going for weeks if need be, though they all agreed it should only be used if they couldn't obtain fresh food, because unlike fresh food, it wouldn't rot. That's when Ven found something rather interesting. He had the idea from Gregory, who had somewhat been mystified by the presence of military rations here, 
So he figured that if there was military food, there might be other military parts, or possibly even weapons, that their two humans could use. So while Seven and the others kept packing and searching, he'd gone off to the maze of shelves and crates on his own. Turned out his instincts were spot on. He called out to the others, and they called him through a maze and found him standing in front of what appeared to be a hidden cage, tucked right at the back of the building, about as far out of sight as it could possibly be. It was made of thick, heavy, dark metal, with a thick armoured door, with a seriously heavy lock just below the handle. Even as strong as the two claws were, even they'd have a seriously difficult time busting through this. What do you think, my sister? Think we can force that door? Van asked, appraising the door carefully. I believe so, O brother of mine. Two strong claws like us cannot do when we put our mind to it. Visa said, shooting Seven a look that said, Watch me show off for you. Suddenly Gregory stepped up and ran his hand down Van's long arm until he stroked over his hand and entwined his slender fingers with his. Now, now, my big claw boy, there's no need to show off for me. I know how big and strong you are, and I know how much you love it, just as I love you. But why use brawn, when you can use brains? Please, allow me, my sweet one, he said in a soft voice that made Ven's tail swish. Gregory stepped forward and pulled out a leather wallet from inside of one of his pockets. They all looked at him curiously as he took out a load of small tools, some of which suspiciously looked like bobby pins, or at least had once been bobby pins. The right now was hard to tell what they were, as they'd all been twisted and shaped into something else entirely, and possibly flattened out on the edges with something heavy. Gregory crouched down before the huge metal door, and began inserting various tools into the lock channel. Seven switched on his headlamp and shone it into the lock to give him a little bit more light to work. Gregory flashed him a smile and a nod of thanks. Thank you, he said before setting back to work. They all watched curiously as he twisted and turned until every so often there was a series of sharp clicks. And then, with a triumphant squeak that seemed to make Ven smile, Gregory popped the lock open. The large metal door swung open surprisingly quiet, considering how long it must have been there since it was last opened. Seven pulled it out of the way so they could see past it, and when he saw what was inside, his face lit up like the end sun. Holy shit, would you look at that? Think it still works? Gregory said, looking it up and down. Only one way to find out, Wisp said. And with that, she shot out of Seven's head and poured out to the vents of his mask, making everybody jump back in surprise. Well, except for Seven, who saw it coming. Wisp shot forward and filtered inside through the vents along the rear of it. And mere seconds later, the whole thing began to shudder and whirr loudly. Then, with a loud noise that was blatantly the sound of heavy military-grade motors and electronics powering up, the huge sentry bot shuddered to life. Oh, how this is a hell of a lot cooler than an assault-tron, Wisp said through the sentry voice's voice modulator. Somehow it still managed to have a feminine twang to its heavy mechanical voice. She lifted the two Gatling gun lasers that seemed to be now instead of have hands looked at them. Don't think I'll be fondling anything sensitive with these, do you? She said, shooting Seven a look, and he laughed. I doubt it, he said, grinning as she lowered them and rolled forwards on the multiple wheels that the three legs had attached to the bottom. Sure it's safe to do this now? 
Gregory asked, and Wisp shrugged her mechanical shoulders. Don't know. I think it's worth the risk for this kind of firepower, don't you? She said, holding up one of her gun hands and looking at it as the motors made the barrel spin. Who knows? Maybe they make attachments for this thing, Seven said, making Wisp laugh, and she knew exactly what he really meant. As Wisp rolled out of the way, they all spotted something else sat at the back of the cage, and Gregory whistled. Well, would you look at that? That's a T-51F! He exclaimed, heading to the back to look at the parts lined up on a rack at the back of the cage. He whistled again as he ran his hands over them. New helmet with smart targeting and night vision. Chest piece with what looks like lead plating to make it resistant against rads. Arms are fitted with better servos and spiked knuckles. And the legs have upgraded hydraulics and servos. Mint condition too. Hell, if I had to guess, I think this thing was only a prototype. Only two things are missing are the frame and the fusion core. Which is pretty much useless without, he said, lifting the helmet up and turning it over in his hands. Think we may be able to find a frame for it around here somewhere? Seven asked, running his hand over the, his own armoured hand over the metal chest plates. Nope. We've been over every inch of this place. We'd have found it by now, something that large. Gregory said, placing the helmet down on the shelf again. Shame. Would have been real nice to have that on our side. I think it now would have made Ven much happier knowing that you were behind protected steel. Seven said. Gregory grinned and pointed to the other side of the cage. Oh, I think I've already found my protection. Unless you think uh, you can fit into that thing, he said. Seven cocked his head and turned to see what appeared to be a rubber diving suit of some kind hanging up on a pole. He walked over and picked it up, looking at the odd-shaped mask with a large visor and a rounded faceplate. The hell is this thing? Doesn't look very bulletproof to me. Seven said, and Gregory grinned from it as he took it from him. Doesn't need to be. This here, my good Seven, is a Chinese Mark III stealth suit. Wearing this, I'll be as invisible as our new friend here. Well, as long as it doesn't run out of power anyway, he said, grinning all over his face. Suddenly a large clawed hand lifted it out of his hands and turned it over. My human, in skin-type rubber. Oh yeah, count me in. Ven said with a fang-filled smile, making Gregory blush. So what do we do? Take it with us? Be a real shame to leave it here, Seven said, pointing at the armour. And Gregory turned and smiled at him. Oh, hell no, we ain't leaving that behind. Hell, you look much better in metal than I ever could. And it seemed to have turned your girdle on something fierce. And planning the way you pry you out of your tin suit. So why don't we give us something even more challenge? He said with a mischievous twinkle in his eye, and Visa growled and swished her tail back and forth. Seven cocked his head curiously. Are you saying you can outfit my power armour frame to take that thing? He said, and Gregory nodded. There's a power armour stand near the entrance. We can hook it up. I'll swap out the pieces. Should take me no more or less about an hour, he said, and Seven couldn't help but be impressed. What about the DNA lockouts? he asked. Yeah, mainly that stuff's only applicable to the frame. But with the new models, it is kind of hardwired into the parts as well. Given this stuff is locked up in a supply cage, I bet it's my last cap. It hasn't been programmed yet. So as soon as we get it attached to the frame, should be able to update it all, and the OS will sync up. So you should be good to go. One whole new shiny tin suit that Visa can walk around all day daydreaming about how to pry off you. Gregory said, making Visa growl and turn to her brother. 
This male of yours knows a lot about the claw heart, she said, and Ven grinned proudly. You bet your crazy tail he does. He knows my heart like the back of his beautiful hands, he said with a proud smile. Give it a try now, Gregory said, lifting the welder's mask he'd found near the stand. And Seven stepped from behind the armour suit and slapped in a fusion core he'd taken out the back of his T-45. The armour made a series of whirs and whines before Seven turned the handle on the back, causing the suit to open up like a metallic flower. All right, here goes nothing, he said before stepping inside. The suit closed up around him and instantly began to power up. In front of his eyes, green numbers and symbols scrolled past like as the speed of light as the suit synced up with both the frame and his Pip-Boy. DNA signature uploaded and logged. User approved and cleared. System online appeared in front of his eyes and in, rang in his helmet. And as it did, Seven felt the joints unlock. Taking his first step forward, Seven was surprised by just how much lighter the suit felt than the old one. He'd always imagined power armour was power armour, and the only difference was what was stuck to it. But it appeared it was simply so much more than that. How does it feel? Gregory asked as Seven bounced on his heels and examined his new hands. Good. It feels oddly light, he said, and Gregory nodded. That's the reinforced servos. It's designed not only to allow you to move faster, but carry a heavier load as well. They usually kit the people wearing these things out with heavy weapons, so you needed to be able to carry the load of them without it bogging them down. The frame only does so much. The rest is from what you bolt to it. They made a lot of these T-51s, just about more than any other model, really, and from what I've read up on it and saw in the old hollow vids I found from time to time, they were real popular. That's why it made it all the way up to the F model you've got on right there. There's only more, two more models better than it. The T-60, which is the model you tend to see those Brotherhood guys running around in, and the other one, which I don't know much about. I think it's called the X-01, Gregory said. Visa slunk up behind Seven and wrapped her arms around and dragging her claws over his chest, leaving light-coloured lines in the paint. You put it on, and I'm already dreaming of peeling it off, she growled softly, making Seven chuckle and glance at Gregory. Seems you really do know your way to a claw's heart, he said, making Gregory blush slightly, for he noticed Ven holding up the skin-tight stealth suit with a knowing look, and his blush got even brighter. Ten minutes later, Fenn looked like he was going to trip over his own tongue at some point, as he gazed unashamedly at Gregory's rear, stuffed into a very form-fitting black polymer suit. It, um, chafes a little on the crotch, he said, and that was Venn's cue to pounce, seizing hold of the man from behind and running a hand down his belly. Think I can help you out there, he purred softly. Uh, I think that would probably make it worse, my love. It's tight enough as it is now. Gregory said in a soft voice that made Ven purr even louder. Wisp was looking on almost longingly, and Lady jumped out of her fur and scales when Wisp tapped her on the shoulder with a gun barrel covered arms. She'd actually figured out that the hand there was actually a hand under all the guns that could be exposed by retracting the guns up onto the forearms, which made this model sentry bot far more useful so it could actually manipulate things and not just shoot them. Don't worry, girl. You get used to him after a while. Well, that or you go crazy. One or the other. Just do yourself a favour. Don't get any ideas about pouncing on him. As good as he looks, I've lived inside his head. 
That man utterly adores Visa, and he'll never betray her willingly. And trust me, he's a hell of a lot stronger than he looks, she said, making Riss smile guiltily. How did you manage being inside Seven's head? she asked, and Wisps shrugged. It was tough, but I realised that that man can love her the way he does. There is no reason I can't find someone to love me the same. In the end of the day, she's a Deathclaw. So if a human can love a Deathclaw, what's to say you can't love a robot, you know? She said, and the big Night Stalker girl smiled brightly and hopefully at this. And me too? She said, and the pair turned back to look into the loving interspecies couple. I can feel him again. I can see him again. Number two suddenly yelled, making Dr. Chalmers jump a mile, before spinning on the spot to rush over at her. Where is he? She demanded, grabbing the young girl by the shoulders and shaking her. Her milk-white eyes turned, but seemed to look right through her. He, he, he's in a warehouse of some kind. I see many shelves and containers. It looks like a truck depot of some kind, she replied. Dr. Chalmers turned to one of the Assaultron assistants who was stood nearby, cleaning tools. Bring me a ba- up a map, now, she yelled, and without a word the Assaultron scurried off to retrieve the requested item. Didn't take it long to return, and with the requested map, Dr. Chalmers snatched it from its claw-like hand before spreading out on her desk began to pour over the region where she believed they were last were at the base of the mountain somewhere. Using her compass, she began to pan outwards from that point, looking at all the roads, etc., until she found three potential sites in that region that they could be. She began to question number two as to what she could see exactly, and based on the answers she gave, she narrowed it down from three to one, and a dark smile spread across her face. Gotcha she said, reaching for the comms. The group was sat watching Seven cleaning and polishing his new power armour suit. Well, all except for Ven, who was still drooling over Gregory in his new skin-tight self-suit. It was getting so bad that Seven was beginning to believe that Gregory was very glad the suit was utterly waterproof, as he was basically now sat in a puddle, as he watched Wisp using her new robotic hands to cook their meal. Seven couldn't help but smile at them both. It was good to see his two friends so in love with one another that the pair could barely keep their hands off one another. In fact, Ven had shimmied himself over so close that he was only one step from scooping the little slender human up into his lap, which happened about five seconds after Seven had the thought. Suddenly, Risp sat up ramrod straight and her tongue began to flicker in and out of her mouth rapidly and her ears began to twitch and swivel atop of her, her head like furry radar dishes, trying to lock onto something. Visa instantly noticed her change in demeanour and turned to look at her. What's wrong? she asked, a hard note of concern creeping into her deep voice. I hear something. It sounds like an engine, she said. That instantly put everyone on edge. Check the roof, Seven said quickly as he dashed around the back of his new set of armour and opened it. Visa dashed towards the ladder that led up to the roof access and scaled it in a matter of seconds, popping her head up and looking around the clear daytime sky. We got incoming. They fucking found us, her voice yelled down, sending a cascade of ice water gushing through Seven's veins. The armour slammed shut and the suit powered up. Gregory, Riss, hide, 
Seven yelled in a, at Gregory, cloaked from vanish from sight, as Visa slammed the roof access and locked it, dropping back down and rejoining the others. I want to fight, Riss snarled, and Seven nodded. That's fine, but your best skill is stealth and ambush. Hide and take out any who get separated from the group. We're going to get out of this. We're going to have to fight smart and hard. We're going to be outnumbered and outgunned. So we're really going to have to fight for this. And we will need every advantage we can get. And you have to make sure I can't see where you are. Seven said, and Risp looked confused. Why? she asked. Because this is my fault. They must have gotten into my head again. Which means they can't. if I can't see where you are, they can't see where you are. I don't know if they can hear what I say, but we have to assume it. So if I don't know where you are, they can't use you against us. Seven said. So it's not your fault, Seven. It's mine. I left your head before we were sure you were clear. Just because I wanted my freedom and a new body. I should go back in. They won't be able to see anything. Wisp said, a voice even through the robotic modulator sounding distraught. He placed a metal hand on her metal shoulder. No, it's not, Wisp. It's their fault. Those fuckers out there. They want to hurt us and control us, and they believe they have that right. They don't, and we will not let them take us. And the firepower of that new body of yours is going to be a massive advantage, and we're going to need every single one we can get, because they're going to hit us hard. But I'm confident we can get through this. Together, he said. Wisp nodded her domed head. Thank you, Seven. That means a lot to me, she said, and he patted her shoulder, making the metal body ring loudly. All right, let's move. We're going to have to act fast here. They're most likely coming through the roof once they see the guard ghouls, so you have to prepare for that, Seven said, and both claws nodded in agreement. What's your plan? Fen growled. Simple, Seven said, and he began to outline what his idea was to them. The group separated and took up positions around the depot. As soon as they settled in to watch their arcs, the sound from the vertebrates' road to blades became deafening as they began to circle overhead. A series of incredibly loud bangs from metal above them revealed the soldiers and power armour being dropped in. Shit was about to get really real. Heavy footfalls revealed the movement of the soldiers across the roof, moving towards the hatch. Seven's heart was beating so hard and fast in his armour, he began displaying a warning on his HUD. That's when the footfalls stopped. The noise of riled up ghouls screeching and moaning outside was incredible. It was so loud that he even managed to muffle the blast from the breaching charge that soldiers used to blow the hatch off. Even before the smoke had cleared, four heavily armed soldiers dropped through the hatch, not bothering with the ladder and instead using the armor's ability to absorb fall damage through its frame and servos. The soldiers were wearing jet-black heavy power armor, and Seven instantly recognized the familiar black that the guards on the airship wore. Their heavy armor made the entire catwalk ring like a bell as they hit it. What they weren't expecting were two claws to come at them from two sides at once, while they were stuck in that narrow walkway. Ought not to be able to lift their weapons, as an invisible hand grabbed them and held them down just long enough for the claws to strike. Both Ven and Visa bellowed loudly and hit them like a scaly-clawed, floor-filled vice, trapping the hapless soldiers between them. Both of them tore into the outer soldiers with their vicious claws, which had jabbed and punched through their armour like it was made of paper. 
The two soldiers caught in the outside of the death claw metal sandwich screamed as their long wicked claws pierced right through them like long skewers. That's when the door to Seven's right blew inwards with a terrific boom that if it wasn't for the oral protectors of his helmet would have most likely lost both his eardrums. Again, before the smoke had even cleared, another four of the soldiers came barreling through the swirling smoke, their armour making them look like black demons. Seven knew that his weapons were next to useless against power armour. Even his laver rifle was of limited use here against that hardened metal, as that's what it was designed to protect the wearer against. So he didn't use it, but he didn't. Ha so he had to use what they didn't have. He focused his mind, and the pain that had already began to pulse in his brain got steadily worse. He grabbed the four soldiers and froze them solid, so they couldn't move. It was just like they'd run face first into an invisible spider's web and snagged them, arresting their movement as they struggled against the invisible web. A large shape loomed out of the darkness in front of them, and the instantly recognisable sound of miniguns spinning up carried through the sound of the chaos. Power armour is designed to resist assault from both firearms of both ballistic and energy variety, but it's not impervious to it. So when Wisp's dual laser Gatling guns spun up, and unleashed a barrage of fire into these stationary targets, the suit could only hold out so long against the incredible rate of sustained fire. With a loud beeping and equally loud whoosh, Wisp sentry bot overheated, and large armour plates at the rear shifted and exposed the two's twin fusion core power plant and its radiators, which vented the excess heat into the surrounding hair with a loud hiss. But it was already too late for the four soldiers at Seven had caught in the hole of his telekinetic web. As he let go of them, the four hole-ridden suits flopped to the floor with a series of loud crashes, and blood began to leak from the holes, though some of them leaked what looked like ash, which swirled on the breeze from the now-open door. That's when the ghouls arrived. The troops had obviously dropped down in front of the doors and blown it before the ghouls had managed to react. Now they were catching up with them and they poured through the open door like living water. They rushed to attack both Seven and Wisp, as they were the only two things they saw. Seven hoisted his laser rifle and began firing indiscriminately of the river of ghouls, but there were simply too many of them. They simply swarmed over the top of both Seven and Wisp, clawing at the armour with bare fingernails, which screeched like they were running them down chalkboards. Warning klaxons began to sound in the, as the weight of the ghouls dragged Seven downwards towards the floor. He knew that if he hit that floor, then he would never get up again. His servos whined loudly as he fought against the weight of the crushing down on him. That's when there were two huge loud bangs from right next to him. Get off my human, you rotten bastards! Visa's voice roared from above him before a huge hand dove through the mass of clawing bodies and grabbed hold of him, dragging him out of the mass, hoisting him into the air. Ven was slashing left and right, dismembering a multitude of them with each single swipe. That's when Wisp's cooldown ended and her guns woke back up. She bolted upright and threw the pile of bodies off her before spinning her upper body on the spot, firing everywhere but at seven, the two claws, or the spot where both Riss and Gregory were hidden. The results were incredible. She utterly shredded them. But that wasn't the end of it, as it wasn't only the ghouls that had managed to get inside. There was still more of them outside. We gotta move! Go, 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 go! 
Seven yelled as Visa put him down. The group ran out through the wide open door and spread out to avoid being hit by a hail of bullets that instantly began ripping down on them from the circling vertebrates above. Find cover! Seven roared and the group dove for cover, hiding behind heavy metal shipping containers as round after round sparked off the concrete and metalwork. Seven fired back at the three circling vertebrates to draw fire from both Visa and Ven, who, as tough as they were, were not immune to gunfire. Both of them were busy taking care of the ghouls that were trying to swarm their position. Get down! Wisp yelled as she rolled out to come momentarily, instantly before dra- drawing fire from one of them. There were a series of whooshes from the back armour and a series of smoke trails revealing that Wisp's new body came with a million four few surprises in the form of what appeared to be a hidden rocket pod at the rear. The trails of smoke streaked up towards the firing vertebrate before slamming into it with a series of flashes and deep rumbling booms. Oily golden flames burst from both engines and the body of the vehicle before it began to list violently before crashing down hard into the ground with a loud blast that sent a shockwave washing over them. Seven popped his head up and was instantly answered with a stream of bullets that were fired from one of the other two remaining vertebrates. The bullets pinged off the crate and off the top of the armour, making it ring like a bell. But Seven wasn't going to be suppressed so easily. His armour could easily stop the 5mm rounds that the minigun mounted to the side of the vertebrate fired or at least it could stop him long enough for him to pump a good amount of laser rounds into the engine of the vertebrate and cause it to go up in flames. The flames must have hit the fuel line, because with a loud blast and a bright flash, sending the vertebrate spinning out of control and crashing into the ground where it exploded. That left one vertebrate circling above him. To be fair, Seven hadn't given him much credit. They were very dedicated. They were simply not giving up. But the mistakes they'd made, their two fallen comrades, they were still sitting constantly moving. That didn't save them. As he was taking aim, Seven suddenly saw a shimmering, fast-moving shape moving along the top of the crates. It leapt from crate to crate so fast he could barely keep up with it. With pinpoint timing, it leapt from the crates and grabbed the wheels under the body of the vertebrate and swung itself up into the body of the craft. It took Seven a moment to realise that it was Riss. She'd managed to jump from the ground into a moving vertebrate with reflexes so fast he could barely see her. She sank her fangs into the necks of both the co-pilot and the pilot before diving back out of the vertebrate and into the air. Seven stared at the air with an open mouth as Riss's body twisted through it like she was diving and shot straight down towards him. By pure reflex he reached out and caught her before she hit the ground. Thank you, Seven. She said with a smile as he put her down. Above them there was a bang and a huge crash, followed by a shriek of rending metal as the vertebrate slammed into the side of the building and exploded inside, setting the whole thing on fire. Um, I think we should be taking this opportunity to uh, fucking run, maybe? Wisp said, turning her upper body on the spot from the burning building to face them. Yeah, I'm with Robogirl, Visa said. Yeah, me too, Seven said. Gregory! Where's my Gregory? Ven suddenly yelled, looking around himself in a fearful panic as he slammed Ghoul's head into a metal of a crate where they were hiding behind him so hard it turned it into paste. 
that squelched between his fingers before he flicked them clean. Right here, a voice said, and out of the shadows a shape morphed into reality as he stood up and decloaked. Oh, thank fuck, Ven yelled, scooping him up and holding him so tight he looked like he might pop him. Ven didn't put Gregory down as they turned to run for their lives from the burning depot. The whole place had turned in from in the space of five minutes into a burning bullet-ridden hell. But there are still ghouls to deal with. Thanks to one of the vertebrates having crashed into the outer walls, it was a nice big hole for them to reuse to escape. Both Visa, Ven and Riss were able to leap clear over the mass of flames that were filling the hole like a burning wall. While both Seven and Wisp were able to just charge straight through them and using their fireproof bodies to their advantage. Suddenly, shots began to ring out behind them, which revealed that one of the teams had somehow managed to survive the crash. And uh, thankfully for the freeing group, were drawing the attention of the pursuing ghouls to them. But that also meant they now had a team on the ground hunting them. But that was a problem for another day. All that mattered now was getting far enough away that they didn't have a hard job of tracking them, and would make it far too costly or problematic for them to continue it. As they ran, Ven flipped Gregory onto his back, so he was now riding him like a jockey. He also dropped down onto all fours to help him increase his speed. His sister was doing the same, but she was also constantly glancing back at Seven to make sure he was keeping up, which he was doing to the very best of his ability to do so, and thanks to the power armour he was doing most of the work, so while also cooling his body so he didn't overheat in the harsh desert sun but he was still only limited by having just two legs. Riss had the same ability as both Visa and Ven, did by being able to walk on two legs or run on four, in order to achieve a higher speed, which helped put the distance between them and the depot a great deal quicker. They had little choice other than following the road as fast as they could, as the only other was to run off blindly into the desert, which was pretty much an almost certain death. They had very little choice, but to run the risks. Thanks to the upgraded servos that the T-51F had, Seven found the going much easier as it took a lot of the load, but eventually, after ten miles or so of continual running, he ran out of stamina. So with blood pounding in his head and his head ache pounding like somebody was shaking a bag of needles in his skull, he was forced to slow down and call the group to a halt. As he crashed down next to a rock, Visa appeared next to him with a look of concern painted on her handsome features. I, I, I'm all right. Just need to catch my breath. He panted hard, his respirator clicking away like a gas valve. We need to find somewhere to hide, Gregory said from his mount on, Visa, on Ven's back, and Seven nodded. Yeah, but we need to put some distance in here, or they're simply going to regroup and hit us again, he said. We need some way to counteract that way they can see through your eyes, Visa said, and Seven nodded. The only safe way of doing that right now is to take away my eyes. If I can't see where we are, then I can't betray our position, Seven said. And that's when this wisp snapped her metallic fingers and reached into the backpack she'd attached to her rear armour plates. She pulled out a roll of bandages, and Seven instantly knew where he was, she was going with this. So as she showed it to him again, he nodded his head in agreement. Do it, he said, and Wisp closed in on him. Ladies and gentlemen, it's chapter 18. Things are heating up now for uh, Seven and his group, aren't they? 
Will he manage to escape the enclave? Or will he hit them again? Only one way to find out, ladies and gents. Tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.